Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It is our Friday Picks edition, uh, so we'll pick some games, and then also in the second half of this podcast, we'll have a little Steelers uh, preview for you. We're going to have uh, Jerry Dulac from Pittsburgh. Uh, he's going to help preview the Steelers game. That's in the second half of this pod, but first got to do some picks. So uh, let me introduce everybody that's here. Uh, Doug is not with us today, but he did send me his picks, uh, but we do have Mary Kay with us. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How you doing? Doing well. And also Ellis, Ellis Williams. How are you? I'm cool. I heard I had a pretty good week on picks last week, so I'm happy to be back. Let's have another <laughs> winner. And representing our football insiders this week is Scott Mandel. Scott, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. Let's get a quick recap of last week. So I went back and I tallied it up. And among the however many of us do this, there were 11 different games that we picked. And we actually went eight and three in those 11 different games. Uh, so that's pretty good. Doug and I went unbeaten. Don't, don't worry about Doug. Actually, I do have a statement to read from Doug. All right. <laughs> he says, quote, I would do. like to note to the listeners that taking Miami plus nine over San Francisco last week in a game the Dolphins won by 26 is the greatest pick I have ever made or will ever make. <laughs> so that is Doug's <laughs> official statement on his unbeaten week last week. Not to, uh, real quick, real quick, not to rain on Doug, but it's a good pick, but he could have just take the money line and had the Dolphins win straight up. Probably a way better payout. So right? <laughs> it's not that. Ellis, now, Ellis, you did rally last week. There we go. You are now within, well, by your standards, you are 500, by, but by the record keeping, you are actually just within, uh, I, I guess, half a game of 500. You're at nine, 10 and one right now. Um, and then uh, our texters, thanks to Ken, three in one week. Back to 500, 10 and 10. So a little momentum there for you, Scott, um, from, uh, from our guy, Ken. Mary Kay, you're eight and four overall after two and oh. I'm sitting at 13 and seven. I'll take that. That's going to come crashing down, though, this week. Uh, Doug, 11 and nine. Ellis, nine, 10 and one. So let's get to it. Mary Kay, you are still our, uh, our leader in the clubhouse here, so you can go first. I think that's going to change, Dan. I think my beginner's betting luck has worn off. Let's just say that right now and get it over with. Um, my first game that I'm going with uh, is the Titans by three over the Tekken, Texans. I'm taking the Titans. Uh, I watched that game the other night with uh, Ryan Tannehill again. Those guys look good. They really look good. Such a well-coached team by Mike Rabel. Uh, we know that the Texans are 
still in somewhat disarray now with an interim head coach in Romeo. And uh, I, I think that uh, I think the Titans can pull this one off. I think they're on a roll. I think they're mad at the world. I think they're mad at everybody that <laughs> took the, everything out on them uh, for, you know, practicing secretly with COVID and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so I think they're still, I think they still have the chip on their shoulder and they're going to beat the Texans. Well, I am in direct disagreement with you on this one, Mary Kay. Right. I actually, and I'm, I'm nervous about this one because I don't trust the Texans at all this year. Uh, but I managed to get a win last week with the Texans. And I also feel like the Titans, look, they looked great on Tuesday night, but that's the key phrase, Tuesday night. They've got a turnaround short week. It's not Thursday night football short, but it is still a shorter week than even if they had played on Monday night. The Texans are well-rested. I think the Titans could be a little beat up in that game, right? They're still getting guys back off, off the COVID list. It's a short turnaround. The Texans have a full week off. I think that the Texans are going to continue rolling a little bit here under Uncle Romeo, at least for a little bit. So I'm taking the Texans uh, at plus three over the Titans, just based solely on the fact that I think the Titans might be a little more beat up uh, than Houston in that game. Yeah, are there any uh, Vegas stats for teams coming off a Tuesday night victory playing again? I, I don't know if uh, this might be a uncharted territory. So it'll be fun to see how it plays out. Um, but just a stay away game for me with so much up in the air with both these teams. All right, so Ellis, let's get your first pick. All right, I am taking the Panthers at home, which when I checked this morning, it was a pick them. Uh, they're facing the Bears. And to me, that line didn't really make a lot of sense. This is a lot more of betting the number than it is necessarily the team. Um, the Panthers are coming off a win bears, of course, coming off that Thursday night win against the Buccaneers. But if you guys remember that game almost a, well, a week ago now, um, Tom Brady was holding that four up thought you know, possibly didn't know what down it was. And you know how I feel about Tom Brady. Had he known what down it was, the Buccaneers are winning that game. And this line is probably completely different. And again, I said last week, I think the Panthers are a team trending in the right direction. Um, if this game, based on a pick em, that means Vegas thinks that the Bears are three points better, and if this game was played in Chicago, it'd be Bears minus six. That doesn't make any sense to me, so I'll take the Panthers at home in a pick em. All right. I had eyeballed this one a little bit, but I, I decided against it. Uh, Scott, how about, if, how about if we get your first pick? I actually took Baltimore minus nine against Philadelphia. I normally hate to uh, give up that many points, but Baltimore is just on a roll right now. Philadelphia is a mess. That whole division is a mess. And yeah, I think Baltimore is going to ride a roll for a while until they play Cleveland and we upset them and then they come back to reality. So I'm going to take Baltimore in the points. So, so, so Scott, before we started recording, you, you had mentioned that this game had actually dropped to seven maybe, and I should have listened to you because I, I said, ah, you know what, let's just go with what, what we saw when we made these picks. But again, I'm actually in disagreement over this pick. I think, I don't think ball. I don't think the Eagles are going to win this game, but I think the Eagles can play close enough with Baltimore. I think they're looking a little bit better week to week here. And I think they'll be able to stay within that, uh, within that nine. Or actually, I guess I would want that nine over that seven. So see, I'm playing it fast and loose to favor myself. I'm taking the Eagles plus nine over the Ravens. I have zero confidence here but I think they'll stay within enough striking distance. Well, to well now I know that you nine. disagreed with me and wanted to keep it at nine. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this, is, this is Dan's show. He, you know, that's why he's setting those lines where he wants them, right? I'm playing fast and loose with the rules here. That's, that's what I do. 
All right, so I've got two in the books already. Let's get a pick from Doug here. Um, another big line. He's going the Colts minus nine and a half over the Bengals. He says, angry Colts rebound as everyone in Cincinnati keeps worrying about Joe Burrow getting hurt behind this offensive line. I don't like this pick personally because I don't like the Colts offense. I think that's a big <laughs> line to, to pick for the Colts offense, but that's, uh, that's where Doug's going. Did anybody else have this one? No, I didn't have one that that line was a little bit too big for me. Uh, you know, Geno Atkins is back. I think that can be a factor. Uh, I agree with you. I, I just was not impressed by, I just wasn't impressed by Philip Rivers. Um, so yeah, I just didn't really, this one kind of, I just shied away from it. Yeah, I agree with you, Mary Kay. Rivers looked old and Cincinnati is just too much of a wild card. You never know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And you got, what, what are they calling him now? Joey Covers, right? Yeah. It didn't happen last week, but that's what they're calling him. Mary Kay, give us your second pick. My second pick. Well, well, well. I think Ellis might like this one. <laughs> I've got the Vikings by four at home over the Falcons. Uh, I think that, that Kirk is maybe starting to heat up a little bit, getting it together. We're at home. And then uh, the Falcons are in disarray, fired their head coach. You never know what impact that's going to have on a team. Sometimes it snaps them into focus and they win their next game. And they go out and, and win one for the new guy. But, uh, but I don't know. I, I just, I like the Vikings in this one. They're one and four right now. So hard to believe. Um, and Falcons 0 and 5. Mary Kay, I wish you had as much faith in the Vikings as, as you're showing that my friends currently are lacking, you know, after you're taking them again, after they they break your heart last week with that Russell Wilson comeback, mm-hmm. but you're staying strong with them. I can tell you almost all my friends here in Minnesota have bailed, but I like the pick. Uh, Delvin Cook is questionable with a groin injury, but I completely agree with, with the Falcons. I, though last week, we, I think a lot of us were on the Texans uh, rebounding after firing their coach. They were playing Jacksonville. Minnesota's not Jacksonville. I think Atlanta is a, a complete mess right now, and Minnesota can get it done. All right. Ellis, uh, your second pick. All right. Another one sort of related to Tom Brady, because it is Tom Brady. We're going Tampa Bay Bucks plus one at home versus the Green Bay Packers. Look, Green Bay might be the best team in the NFC, and if they – crush the bucks here then that'll that'll cement it but i just don't see tom brady losing two games in a row they're at home tampa has a a defense that can get some pressure on aaron Rodgers. if he keeps getting out quick it won't matter but i I like this one in just a game where green bay comes back down to earth a little bit and the nfc remains an even playing field for some of those top five six teams i have to disagree with you i actually have green bay minus one for a number of reasons um they had a bye last week, so they've had two weeks to prepare. The point differential, points four points against, is plus 51. That's second in the NFL, only to Baltimore. Uh, and yes, Tampa Bay has a good defense, but Green Bay has one of the most efficient offenses there are. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to do it. And I went to look it up a little bit between them. Do you know how few games Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have played against each other? Is it something like twice? I, something like that. Yeah. Which and, and I agree with that because I'm, I'm really ticked off that this game isn't Sunday night football. You know, they're playing at, you know, the, the late afternoon game. I, so the few times I get to meet, they're not even going to be on primetime. I don't understand the scheduling at all. 
you know, I, I looked at this game and I was intrigued by it. Of yeah. course, what an incredible matchup. And I, I really uh, want to watch it. Uh, you know, just one for the ages, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. That's so exciting. Uh, but it was just too close for comfort. I just didn't know uh, where this was going to go. And I, it could go either way. I think it really can. So, uh, yeah, interesting pick, but I was afraid to make it. Yeah, and, and real quick, Scott laid out a bunch of great stats there. If this is the game that either Green Bay is going to revert back to the mean and become, you know, just a, a good offense, not this this juggernaut, or they're going to, you know, keep running away with this. And I think this is the game we're, we're going to find out. So it's going to be one interesting matchup. And I, I don't think you can land on a, a wrong side here unless you're in Vegas and you're on the wrong side of it because that's, you know, that's going to get tough. No real money talking here, right? <laughs> well, let me let me throw Doug's take in here because he also had this game. He had the Packers over the Bucks and Ellis this I think this is a shot at you and, mm -hmm. and your Tom Brady uh love here I don't think directly but I'm gonna frame it as that uh, I think there's been a lot of smoke and mirrors to Tampa season Aaron Rodgers drops 40 plus on them Bucks defense is pretty good 40 plus on that defense that that's classic um, Doug that's classic <laughs> Doug to talk some crap at me and not even be here to to own up to it but that, I'm not surprised right all right, so we got two from Doug, uh, two from me. I guess we were up to two from everybody. So Mary Kay, give us your third. Uh, my last one here before we start picking the Browns is the Giants. I'm going with the Giants, believe it or not, by two and a half over Washington. Talk about some teams in disarray. Talk about some dysfunction. Talk about a lot of losing. It's at Washington, so I kind of went back and forth over this. Uh, but it's uh, the line is two and a half. I think the Giants can pull that off. Uh, you know, Washington, obviously, with a lot of quarterback issues, not really sure exactly what's what's going to happen there. I think the Giants can pull this one off. Yeah. Anybody else on that one? I looked at that one, but I, I didn't take it. I looked at it, too. Didn't take it. They need to win or it's, it's a I don't even know what to make of the, that Giants football team. They don't win this game. So I like to pick Mary Kay. Yeah, right, now I, I, I like to pick, too, but I, I hate picking games where it's between which one is going to suck worse. <laughs> it <laughs> was really true. the choice. Make, really make yourself care about a game that you shouldn't have to care about. Uh, Scott, what's your third pick? Kansas City minus three and a half over Buffalo. Kansas City is pissed. They were humiliated last week. And I think last week Buffalo was brought down to earth. I think that's what the real Buffalo that we have there with it. And just and Buffalo's hitting Kansas City at the worst possible time after what happened to them last week. So I think Kansas City's going to make this a statement game. Well, this was also uh, – this was my third game. I had the Chiefs minus three and a half over the Bills. I still like the Bills, but I, I, I'm kind of with you. I just don't see the Chiefs losing a second game in a row, and that Bills defense was a little bit concerning to me. Uh, against the Titans, and, and that's supposed to be a stronger area for them. And on top of that, that's also Doug's third game. He's uh, He says he feels good to bet against Buffalo again now that they've suffered their first loss. So Doug getting back on brand. Look at Doug from, from just the email being completely on brand today, going after Tom Brady, going after Josh Allen and the Bills. It's just he can't be shut down even when he's, when he's not here. Uh, Ellis, what's your third game? All right. Third one. This was a tough one. A, a, a tough week overall. A lot of just stayaways. Um, but that's not the name of the game. We got to step up and pick a game. Right. So I took Denver plus nine and a half at New England. Um, 
I, I'm wondering if there's a little baked in uh, with a Drew Locke coming back, their quarterback. They may not have accounted for that in the number just with Denver's quarterback situation. I watched him on Monday night, uh, week one. I liked what I saw. Uh, he had a connection there with Noah Fant, Jerry, Jerry Judy. And New England, though, with Cam coming back, I think that defense is still trying to find itself at times, and they're, they don't have a book on Drew Locke yet. So I think Denver, uh, I'm not saying they beat New England, but that, that's a high line for a young quarterback that, that it's coming back and might be able to surprise Bill Belichick a little bit. Yeah, I think oh, it's got that. It's – uh, I question whether Denver is as bad as they've looked and whether New England is as good as they've looked. Right. Yep. Yeah. I, I hear that. And, they, and, they, and then Denver and New England have a history there where they play close games. And I know the teams are different, but I, I think that tradition continues. Okay. Well, here we are. Everybody's got their three games in. Time to pick the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, we've got this thing at, uh, I guess it's it moved since uh, this morning and, and when I actually started this Zoom call. Uh, but I think we're going to go with, uh, what did we say? We're going to stick with the three and a half or go with the three. I like three and a half. Then we don't get any pushes. Let's do three and a half. All right, I'm, so we're going I'm uh, looking for a good push, Dan. Come on, I'm looking for a push. <laughs> let's go. Let's stick with that Browns plus three and a half. Uh, Scott, what's your pick? I gotta tell you, I'm having more fun with this Brown season than I can remember in years. And I'm a big believer in the emotional aspect of the game, that the teams that are hottest go. This coach is amazing. When he's had this game, and I think Baker's starting to get his moxie. I mean, he looked like the old Baker in you know, the 18 Baker in the first half, the 19 Baker in the second half. And I think they're going to do it. I think the Browns are going to beat Pittsburgh. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, Doug disagrees. He's taking the Steelers minus three and a half. The Pittsburgh pass rush and Pittsburgh passing game will both present problems for the Browns, ready to chalk up a 10 to 14 point Browns loss on the road to losing a tough game to a good team. And you move on. And I'll just jump in here and, and say, I actually disagree with Doug. I agree with Scott. I, I know the Browns have injury issues that, you know, could maybe change the outlook of this a little bit, uh, but I still am just feeling really good about the Browns going into this game. And I'm certainly feeling good enough that even if they lose, it's going to be a close game. So I'm taking the Browns plus the three and a half uh, against the Steelers on the road. And they've had injury issues all year, every game. Very true. Let me ask you, Dan, what are the rules here? If we pick the pick that we make here, are we held to that for the pick that's that's going to be plastered all over the, the internet with our little pictures and everything? Because we're picking against a spread here, um, and then we just pick outright for that. So what's what's the situation? Well, I, I've usually paid attention to what I pick on here. You know, so like, I think that the infamous Dallas picks now, I think <laughs> I picked Dallas to cover. So I paid attention to that when I turned in my score. Um, but that being said, we're picking this game, you know, we record this on a Thursday and this game in particular, there could be a lot that changes between now and, and when we turn in those picks and then even Sunday when we get inactives and things like that. So, you know, everything, <laughs> the reality is if you make enough picks in enough places, you're going to be right somewhere. So might as well just go. <laughs> like that. So you're not going to hold me to this, right? Necessarily. Um, I, I won't, but I also won't, uh, I won't discourage victory laps on, on anything you do get correct anywhere. 
because I, I just think I'm still going back and forth over this one a little bit. I, um, I agree with you guys in that I do think that there are a few reasons to believe the Browns can win this game. Uh, one of which is the fact that if you add up, and I think I did the math right on this, but I have to double check it, um, that I think the combined victory total of the Steelers' opponents is like three. Um, and that doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't take away Bud Dupree, and it doesn't take away T.J. Watt, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, and James Conner. It doesn't take those guys away, but it makes them maybe a little bit, bit less daunting to think that, okay, you know, they haven't gone out there and, and beat the best of the best yet. And maybe they just really haven't seen uh, what they're about to see in the Cleveland Browns. Having said that, Odell Beckham Jr. is home sick today. Jarvis Landry didn't practice for the second straight day. Ronnie Harrison didn't practice. Carl Joseph didn't practice. So the Browns are pretty banged up heading into this game. Uh, therefore, right now, uh, the way that I see it, mm, like you, Dan, I think it, it might be closer than three and a half, but I think I'm going to go with, with the line. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick uh, the Steelers to cover. All right, Ellis? Yeah, th to me, this is the ultimate stay away game. And for a lot of the things Mary Kay just said, I just don't think there's enough information yet. First, on the Brown side of, of health, I mean, if, if one of those two receivers don't play, this offense will look different. And especially if it's Odell, the one who would miss time. No idea if that happens, but like Mary Kay said, we just don't know enough yet. And then for the Steelers, uh, Mary Kay alluded to it. They're, the teams they've played have not been, um, they haven't won, they're not a su successful. Uh, offenses or teams in general they've played. They beat the Giants, the Broncos, the Texans, and the Eagles. Um, they beat the Broncos and the Texans both by seven, the Giants only by 10. And that game was close like throughout. And then last week versus the Eagles, they were only up two until that final Claypool touchdown and then a, a sack on Carson Wentz. So uh, what I'm trying to say is the Steelers keep teams in it. If they had played the Titans already, I think that'd be a better lit litmus test and we'd know more about the Steelers team. Uh, but just because how the Steelers keep teams, let teams stay close, and the Browns are, you know, this run first team. I think that you have to take the points here, plus three and a half Browns. Uh, but we just don't know enough yet to, at least for me, to feel strongly about this. All right. So there we have it. Uh, all of our picks are in. And a nice little mix here on uh, on our Browns picks. Uh, some, I'm curious to actually see what everybody on our staff picks come, uh, come Sunday. I want to know sort of where everyone lands on this game. So just a really quick recap, and let's see if for once I can pull this off without getting somebody's pick wrong. Uh, Ellis, Scott, uh, and I picked the Browns plus three and a half. Mary Kay and Doug went with the Steelers minus three and a half. Mary Kay's other picks, the Titans minus three, the Vikings minus four, the Giants minus two and a half. I had the Chiefs minus three and a half, the Texans plus three, and the Eagles plus nine. That key line, I like that number. Uh, Colts minus nine and a half for Doug. Packers minus one, the Chiefs minus three and a half. Scott, you had the Ravens minus nine, the Packers minus one, and the Chiefs minus three and a half. And Ellis took the Panthers and pick them, the Bucks plus one, and the Broncos plus nine and a half. So I just talked a lot, Scott. Now we're going to let you talk a lot. Tell us uh, why you like being a Football Insider subscriber. Because I'm a diehard Cleveland fan. I live in Los Angeles. I've lived here most of my life. But 
all of us Clevelanders out here, and there are an unbelievable amount, we don't consider ourselves Californians. We consider ourselves Clevelanders. Uh, a couple of years ago, there were 24 Browns bars in Southern California, where I spent every Sunday up to this pandemic with 40, 50 other 60 Browns Yahoos. Um, when you walk into my classroom at school, the first thing you see is a Browns flag. I got brown stuff all over. Um, my kids know that you know the, that um, if they wear a Steelers or a University of Michigan shirt to school, they automatically lose points that day. Um, and that's basically it. I read Cleveland.com every day for the sports. I read it more than the LA Times. And you know, you keep me in touch with home. And that's why I love doing this stuff. I love following your stuff. Um, I love, love getting the text nowadays, and I feel unbelievably honored to be here today. So thank you very much. All right. Well, we appreciate you uh, jumping on. If you want to figure out what Football Insider is all about, head over to cleveland.com slash Browns. There's a big blue banner up at the top of the page you can click on. Get all the information, get signed up, get involved in our post-game shows, our picks, all of that great stuff that we do uh, just for our Football Insiders. There's one other thing I need to tell everybody about before we take a break, and it's to join Terry Pluto at our Medicare Guide webinar on October 22nd at 2 p.m. The webinar is presented by cleveland.com and Medical Mutual and will help simplify the complex process of finding the right Medicare plan for your needs. Terry, together with our experts from Medical Mutual, Western Reserve Area Agency on Aging, and Discount Drug Mart will guide you through the process and answer your most pressing questions. Go to our cleveland.com Facebook channel, click on the Medicare event for more details and registration. So that is the first half of our pod. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll preview the Pittsburgh Steelers with Jerry Dulac. So Ellis, Mary Kay, Scott, not Scott Patsko, Scott Mandel, our Football Insider subscriber. Uh, thanks for coming on and doing our picks. All right. And now we're going to look at, take a look at the Steelers. We welcome on from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Jerry Dulac. Jerry, how are you? Well, Dan, I am fine. Thank you. Jerry, so nice of you to join us today and so much to talk about, uh, about this uh, big old Browns and Steelers matchup. But the first thing uh, that I would really like to know is what's the buzz over there about this whole Miles Garrett issue? Miles coming back for the first time since the helmet incident. Well, Mary Kate, it's so nice to see you, and I'll look forward to seeing you on, on Sunday. I know everything's so different now. People, some people aren't traveling. A lot of my other Cleveland friends I know aren't coming. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think there's a big buzz about it, and, and I, think, I think it's a little different. You know, the Steelers went through a lot of this nonsense with Vontez Burfitt, who, and I don't put Miles Garrett or the incident, even though it was more egregious, I don't put Miles Garrett in the same category as Vontez Burfitt. The Steelers knew every time they were going to play the Bengals, especially in Cincinnati, they were going to have to put up with Vontez Burfitt's nonsense. And, you know, he, he was, he was a dirty player. You, you didn't know what was coming next, whether he was going to kick you, tramp on you, spit on you. Um, and so they were on the lookout for Vontez Burfitt. I don't think that's the case with Miles Garrett. Don't be on the lookout for him because he's a tremendous player. But I really don't think there's going to be any retribution. Look, we're not in the locker rooms, as you well know. It's the same for everybody where you could go around and maybe catch a little buzz or hear some of the guys. Uh, maybe they'll tell, tell you something off the record. But uh, I've gotten absolutely zero sense, other than the fact people are aware of it. But I, I really don't think it's, it's, a, um, I don't think it's, a, it's a boiling point for this game. Yeah, we, we were talking about that earlier this week a little bit, too, that the incident 
from last year feels so long ago at this point. Yeah. And it does feel like it's just being downplayed uh, all over the place. Do, do you just think it's because there's been so much change on the Brown side in particular? And of course, you know, it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger starting this game and not Mason Rudolph. I mean, are those just some of the reasons why you think this has been a little more muted? Well, that is certainly part of it. If that would have happened with Ben Roethlisberger, that of course would be an entirely different uh, uh, story and certainly a whole a lot more of a meaningful uh, subplot, if you will. Um, I, I, I think part of it, I also, I, but let's go backward. I think, and you guys know him better than I do, but I think somebody got to Miles Garrett and told him to stop talking, stop making the, the, the racial slur claim. Um, also because it could become legally defamatory. Um, you know, when it came out the first time, it leaked out of a meeting. Nobody can say it, it, it wasn't it wasn't Miles Garrett saying it. But when he went on national TV and said it now, that's a whole nother issue. Now he is putting it out there. It came out of his mouth. Everybody saw it. It's documented. And so we've heard none of that since. Now, whether the league sat on him, whether his legal people sat on him, whether the Browns sat on him and said, hey, uh, let's you know, let's go easy on that stuff. Um, and, and I guess he's been on his best behavior this year as, as well. Um, I don't know Miles Garrett personally. The guys there telling me that what they saw last year was completely uh, out of, uh, you know, out of character for him. Um, but he thankfully he's let that go. Uh, and uh, hopefully all that will be put behind everybody. Well, you know, I talked to him last month. I did a one on one interview with him. And he did say during that interview that he wanted to clear the air with Mason Rudolph. And I asked him, you know, how can you clear the air when you say that he used this racial slur and he vehemently denies it? How, you know, how does that lend itself to shaking hands? And he said, um, you know, I think we could just possibly agree to disagree on that issue. What say you, Jerry? Well, I don't know how you could agree to disagree on such an inflammatory issue, but I, I will say that one of the things that I'll be curious to see in the pregame is if, in fact, he gets the opportunity to, you know, see uh, Mason Rudolph on the field and come up and, and whatever the case may be. I don't want to say apologize. Uh, who knows what will happen? Uh, but I mean to come up and try to, quote, clear the air to use his expression. So I'll be curious uh, to see if that if that happens. I think one of the key moments of that whole debacle last year is that when Mike Tomlin, an African-American coach, came out in defense of his white quarterback and, and saying that a, another African-American player was way off base and, and defending his, his white uh, a quarterback. I thought that was a very key moment, a very powerful moment, if you will, when Mike Tomlin did that. And I think uh, for him to do that, I think that kind of put a stop to a lot of the discussion that was going on nationally on talk shows as to you know, who was right and who was wrong. Okay, let, let's turn towards what's going to happen on the field on, on Sunday. There we let's, go, Dan. There we <laughs> go. That's a good idea. Let, let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger uh, back after that surgery from last year. Uh, what have you seen from him? Is he starting to look like the Ben he was that, that led the league in passing yardage a few years ago? Dan, I will tell you, Ben Roethlisberger is off to the best start of his 17-year career. Strange as that sounds for a guy coming off major elbow surgery and also a guy who's been um, – somewhat self-critical of, of some of his decision-making so far, which is to be expected. He's thrown 10 touchdowns and only one interception in, in the first four games. 
he hasn't he's never had that 10 to 1 ratio in all of his years playing since 2004 uh 2016 he threw 11 touchdowns in the first quarter of the season but only had four interceptions and only one other time in 2005 his second year did he not uh, throw any interceptions in the first four games but he only had seven touchdowns so that 10 to 1 ratio is the best one he has had uh, uh since he came into the league uh his passer rating last week 125.9 highest in the nfl he said he's been over 100 in three games three of the four games and I think he's like 111.9 or something. And I, that's fifth or sixth in the league. Uh, my point is, he's been playing very well for a guy who's had to fight his way back and everything he's been through. And I think the big thing is, and he, was, he talked about this from the beginning, and he, he reiterated the other day, the one thing he didn't want to do coming back after that layoff and the surgery was make mistakes, turn the ball over. And, of course, the Browns turn the ball. I take the ball away. So he didn't want to do that and cost his team, uh, you know, some, some chances at victories with mistakes. And that's what he stayed away from. Uh, has he been perfect? No, but his completion percentage is pushing 70%. Um, he doesn't have the, the uh, ton of passing yards, but that's okay. He's fine with that because they've been able to run the ball and they've been playing with the lead. That's another big thing that they've been able to do. And, you know, Ben's Ben when it comes to changing plays and running the no huddle. I mean, that's what he does best. And so from that standpoint, he's looked like the old Ben. Uh, he's been he's been for everything he's been through to start a season. He's been very, very good. Now, I'm sure this, you know, doesn't have as much of an impact as it seems like when you first look at it. But when you add up the victory total of the teams that the Steelers have beat, I think it's three. Uh, three fifteen, three fifteen and one. They the teams that they've beaten, Mary right. Kay. That's right. So, right. So three fifteen and one, and that just kind of sends up a little bit of a of a red flag to me. It makes me think, you know, is, you know, is there something to that? But then I look at the rosters on, on both sides of the ball, and I still see Bud and TJ and Juju and Ben and James and. Stefan and, and I still think, no, you know, these are the Steelers and this is a good football team. So how do you weigh in on that? Mary Kay, they, they uh, uh, returned, I think, 22 starters counting specialists. And that was the most in the National Football League. Um, and, and one of those, the returners is Ben and the other one was Stefan Tuitt, who they played 10 games without last year with a, because of a season-ending injury. So um, they, have, they have a veteran talented roster they added eric ebron they added chase claypool they they drafted a uh, rookie uh, running back by the name of anthony mcfarland jr who's a big play type of running back you will see him when he gets in a game you will see that ability um that's what they tried to do they tried to add offensive playmakers but but you know to your earlier point they haven't beaten that team with a, a strong record now i think the eagles are better than one three and one but that's another story the Browns beat the Colts last week, who I think are a pretty good football team. And the Browns have been able to score points, as we know. I think this is a big test for the Steelers. I think it's a more significant game for the Browns because I think coming to Heinz Field and beating the Steelers, if they can, and we know they haven't done that a whole lot. What is it, 19 of the last 20? Mm -hmm. um, but I think if they can come in and do that, it validates their 4-1 and one start. And it puts a little bit more of a hitch in their get along, gives them a little bit more confidence that they've come in, you know, okay, are we four and one? Are we that good? Yeah, we came into Pittsburgh and we won something they don't rarely do. So that's why I think it's a significant 
game for the Browns. It, it's, a, it's a bit of a litmus test for the Steelers, but a significant game for the Browns in their franchise, in their franchise in general. Now, I wanted to ask about the back end of, the, of that defense. Of course, we know about the pass rush. We, we know about T.J. Watt, but it seems like if that defense is vulnerable, it has been in the back end. Uh, what's going on with the pass defense right now? Is, is it better than it looks, or is it really kind of struggling the way it seems it is? Yeah, Dan, I think uh, I, I will say this. They, they haven't played great, um, but you look at the way the National Football League is being played now, and everybody is giving up yards. Um, the Steelers lead the league in sacks and they are second against the run. You don't see that too often. Teams who typically lead the league in sacks typically get exposed to the run, but they don't. And if they didn't uh, allow that 74 yard touchdown run last week where they got caught on a blitz, uh, they'd be number one against the rush. And, and you, the last team to do that, ironically, the 2010 Steelers led the league in sacks and led the league against the run. To your question about the secondary, I think the big thing, Dan, is last year, because of the injury to Ben and some of the problems they had, they played with the lead 16 out of 64 quarters. That's only 25% of the time. Through four games already this year, they played with the lead 14 of 16 quarters. So quite naturally, them being ahead, teams are trying to play catch up and come from behind. And they've had a 17-point lead. They've had a 13-point lead. So you're seeing, uh, you're seeing teams have to throw the ball to try and catch up. And that's why some of the, the numbers, while they're not outlandish, that's why you're seeing some passes being, uh, being completed and some, some yards being gained. But the Steelers put a lot of, they have a lot of faith in their corners and their secondary. And they, they put them, they leave them in man coverage a lot. And I think that's why you're seeing the increase in numbers. Uh, but that's as good a secondary as they've had going back to the Rod Woodson uh, Carnell Lake days. Now, of course, we all know that, that Baker Mayfield is heading into this game with a rib injury. Uh, he didn't even really throw the ball in regular practice yesterday. Um, and then, of course, Cam Hayward. Now, he didn't say it in a, you know, he didn't say it in a nasty, dirty kind of a way. But, I mean, he stated unequivocally that, you know, they want Baker Mayfield thinking about that injury during the game. Uh, Joel Batonio today said, yeah, we take that as a challenge to protect our quarterback. So how do you feel about this uh, with, with that defensive front coming in here, trying to attack that aspect of Baker? Well, I, 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 will, I will say this, Mary Kay, and I know they have an injury at right guard and Chris Hubbard's going to play guard for the, the, the former Steeler for the first time in, in his career. And he's going to be lined over Stefan to it probably the vast majority of the time. The Steelers not only sacked the quarterback, they hit the quarterback. They led the league last year with 117 quarterback hits. They already have 51 after four games. So uh, do the math. That's, that's, that's uh, uh, kind of headed toward 200. Um, so they bring the pressure. And they're going to hit Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's, they do every quarterback. Um, but it's, you know, he, he has the ability to get outside the pocket. That's what they want to contain. They don't want him rolling to his throwing arm. They don't want him getting outside to his right. Um, and that's to TJ Watt's side. Um, but um, there, if the Browns get behind, then um, he's going to have to deal with that pressure because they come from both sides with, with uh, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. All right, Jerry, we'll, uh, we'll put you on the spot, I guess, here and, and ask what you're picking for Sunday. Well, you know, I like the Browns team. I do. Um, uh, but I also know the history and um, I think the Steelers, you know, they're, they're not sitting here, think, looking at the, like they're playing, uh, you know, looking past them at like it's the Ravens. 
Uh, they know the Browns are good. And uh, the Steelers have, have been playing pretty solid. They've been making plays, making stops when they need to make them. Um, I like the Steelers. I, I, uh, I picked it. Uh, I've already put it up online. But I like the Steelers in the game uh, 28-24. I don't think it's going to get to be high scoring because I think the teams are going to play cautious against each other. Uh, but I like the Steelers in a four-point game. Hmm. Hey, Jerry, we appreciate the time. That's Jerry Dulac from the uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Mary Kay. Thanks so much for joining us, Jerry. You got it. Thank you. I'll see you Sunday. <laughs>